Hey, survivors. You are listening to the Survival Brothers Podcast. We're two brothers trying to help each other prepare for an uncertain future. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to episode 44 of the Survival Brothers Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at ServeBrosPod and on Instagram at Survival Brothers Podcast. My name is Ethan, and with me, as always, is my older brother, Blair. How are you doing, Blair? I'm good, bro. Been a good week. How about you? Doing good. I've got a, uh, got some hopefully exciting prospects in my future. I'm trying to uh, move my way back your direction. Oh, bro, that'd be awesome. That'd be yeah, we're uh, it's kind of early stages at the moment, but uh, yeah, I really like to get closer to family and closer to support systems and kind of just closer to areas where I can feel more comfortable and confident being more kind of self-sufficient. So uh, hopefully I can, yeah, a little bit of property or something like that. Yeah. Ideally I think uh, at least long-term plans are sure would have some property, have some animals, have some uh, land to grow some, a little bit of food on. And I think that's just what uh, my main goals in life are at the moment. Right on. So excited and happy for you. We will keep everybody updated on my uh, living situation, but it's mostly just about the tornadoes. Yeah. Okay. Just you know, just trading tornadoes for earthquakes, I think. Yeah. But, well, uh, tornadoes are scary. Earthquakes are scary, but I, I feel like tornadoes are scarier. Yeah, I think tornadoes might be a more. I guess I never realized before I lived here that they were more uh, kind of pinpointed areas. So it's not like a whole city is just blasted with a tornado. It kind of just follows a path. I mean, there can be some big ones that can rip through for sure. But I think most of the time it kind of comes down and it doesn't, it, it does devastating damage to that, the point that it hits the ground or where it's on the ground and there's high winds around it. But um, again, from what I understand, it's not too devastating to a huge area, if that makes sense. Okay. I guess a big earthquake, if you're right near the epicenter, could probably do more damage. But I don't know. They're both probably overall pretty rare. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why we prepare, and that's why we have this podcast, hopefully help people get prepared for these kind of things. Yeah. we. Uh, I'm trying to be uh, more of a prepper, but yeah, we're. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, we do have – New, new listeners all the time. Uh, Blair is a, a current law enforcement law enforcement officer and a um, veteran, and uh, he's been prepping for a long time. And uh, I'm his little brother that's just still trying to learn about well over six months into it, and I feel uh, feel like it's going pretty well. I feel a lot more confident than I did when we started this. So hopefully, our listeners also feel more confident. Hopefully, they're we're all learning together from Blair. Yeah. And I can, I can tell you're, you're getting in that mindset, which is the most important thing. I think you've got to have um, not just gear and knowledge, but mindset awareness, stuff like that. And you're, you're uh, getting that, which is good. Yeah. I think we've talked about situational awareness before, like, you know, where you're, you're sitting in a, um, 
you know, in a business or in a building where you're in a building and, or as you're walking through a parking lot, you know, making sure you're aware of your surroundings. But I, yeah, I do think that goes to a bigger picture as well. You know, not just where you are uh, physically at the time, but I guess where your status is in life uh, compared to everything else around you and how it's affecting and what might be coming up behind you that you're uh, not aware of both physically and I guess bigger picture if that makes sense. Yeah. I had kind of a, a situational awareness fail the other day. What happened? Um, so I'm walking my dog and in my neighborhood, for some reason, a lot of people just let their dogs like run loose and it's really annoying. But most of the time the dogs are really friendly and they'll come up to my dog and they'll just sniff each other. And um, anyway, this time there was this yard with a fence, but there was an opening in the fence and there was this pit bull there. And um, I had my dog leash in my right hand. Or no, I had my dog not on the leash because I would, I'd just come into the neighborhood from like more of an open area. And so I went ahead and I, I put my dog on the leash really quick, but I had the leash in my right hand. And this pit bull came out and came right, right up to my dog and they were kind of like eyeing each other. And then the pit bull just like snapped and bit my dog. Oh, man. And... um. I got kind of scared, you know, I was trying to pull, pull my dog away. And luckily the pit bull didn't like bite down and hold. He just kind of snapped and he didn't draw blood or anything, which was good. Um, but I was pulling my dog away and trying to put myself in between, you know, my dog and the other dog. And I realized like, if I wanted to draw my gun and, and shoot this dog, I couldn't do it because, um, I had, well, actually, I guess I could have done it, but it would have been awkward, you know, so it would have been better to have the leash in my left hand uh, so that I could draw the gun with my right hand and, and possibly shoot this dog if it kept on attacking. Um, and the dog didn't. The owner came out and was like yelling at it to come back. So yeah, yeah that's pretty good. But it's just one of those things you got to like kind of visualize these different scenarios and like, oh, what am I going to do if this happens? You know, think about it before it happens. And I had not really um, thought about that specific specific situation and, and it just happened kind of fast. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of scary. I, uh, it's little things like that, just which hand the leash is in. Cause yeah, if you're trying to grab your gun with the leash in your hand, uh, that would be awkward or ha much harder for sure. Yeah. So or yeah. more time consuming to switch it at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. So you learn from these little things and, hopefully always getting better, but I just tried to kind of put myself in between my dog and this dog and maybe use my foot to like kick the dog. But uh, luckily I didn't have to. Yeah. I got in a fight with a uh, Hornet, but I won. So just kind of buzzing around my face today, but I, I have a hat on and I pulled my hat off and swiped and got lucky and just nailed it and it hit the ground and stepped on it real quick. So uh, I feel pretty good about that. My reflexes. You're like an action hero. That's right. Pretty much. But uh, anyway, what we're talking about today is uh, terminal ballistics and kind of how we would think of that with home defense. And, you know, we've talked uh, a lot about guns on the podcast, but what we want to do is kind of talk about the why we would be more inclined to have certain guns over other guns. Uh specifically for home defense in this case. 
Yeah, I think we've probably said a couple times on this podcast that um, rifle calibers are more effective than pistol calibers. And um, I think a lot of people are aware of this on some level. Um, if you if you go to the gun range, or you go to the gun shop, you'll hear people talking like they do. And the, there's kind of a silly saying that you might hear, but it's it's kind of popular within the gun community. So you might hear this at some point. Um, someone will say, uh, the purpose of a handgun is to fight your way to your rifle. Yep. And, uh, I don't know if that's ever happened. I don't know if anyone has ever fought their way to their rifle, but it's something people say. Um, yeah, I've heard I've heard different variations of that, but yeah, something like a gun is or a pistol is just there to use until you get your rifle or something like that. So maybe not directly fight or, uh, but yeah, I've heard a variation of that. Yeah, I think I think the point comes across that uh, a rifle is, is more effective than a pistol. But yeah, and if you if you just asked me before, you know, just randomly, what is more effective? I think most people would say a rifle, given those two options. But I don't know that I could have answered the reasoning why. Well, I'm sure I couldn't have because as we talked about it, I didn't really have the I didn't have the the exact right answer at least. Um, but yeah, you think about it in a a nine millimeter like you brought up uh, before we started the podcast, you know, a nine millimeter bullet is heavier and uh, thicker than like a five, five, six. Right. Um, and I know a lot of people have been buying guns lately um, due to the, the pandemic and riots and just general uncertainty. And I, I heard somewhere, I, I wish I, I could have looked, I should have looked up the statistic, but most people are buying handguns. And I think that has a lot to do with people are just more comfortable with a handgun because it's smaller. It's easier to handle. Not as maybe not as intimidating. Um, you know, you can put it in a drawer or a little, little locked case or something like that. And, and um, I don't know. I, I think it's just people, handguns are a lot more popular in this country than rifles for home defense. So most people either just disregard the knowledge that a rifle is better um, in favor of convenience or something like that, or they just don't know that rifles are more effective. Yeah. And uh, price might be a small part of that. Or it seems like you can get a, a good quality pistol for cheaper than a good quality, like AR-15. Is that? Yeah. It seems right in my head. I just want to make sure I'm... Well, even right. even a low quality. I mean, there's a lot of not low quality, but but cheaper pistols that are super popular. And and yeah, it's it's a lot cheaper to to buy a pistol, and the ammo's cheaper as well. So if a nine millimeter, the if the bullet if the uh, the round is bigger, um, why is a rifle caliber more effective? I guess that's the question we're answering. Right, right. Um, and I'll just give a short disclaimer. I'm not an expert in ballistics or physics or anything like that, and I'm, I'm probably not going to give the exact answers that are uh, perfectly accurate in every way. I'm, I, I'm not going to give you any 
any bad information, but I, I just hope I can give you enough information that you'll understand the basics of it and, and understand why. Yeah. Just kind of an overview at the very least of what, uh, what the reasoning is. Yeah. So there's, there's a few different considerations, um, besides just effectiveness of the bullet as well. We're also going to talk about, um, over penetration and why that may be a bad thing in a home defense situation. And, um, and then there's other, other reasons beyond caliber that have to do with just the ease of, of aiming, you know, a long gun has a longer sight radius, the distance between the sights and just makes it easier to point and aim. Um, so that's, that's not, that, that doesn't have anything to do with ballistics, but it's just another reason why a rifle is, is better than a pistol. Yeah, makes sense. But let's talk about the actual terminal ballistics. So the definition of terminal ballistics is what happens to the bullet once it hits something. So either you know a body, a human body, an animal, um, a barrier, like glass or a wall. All that stuff is, is what we call terminal ballistics. There's other types of ballistics that have to do with the bullet, what's happening to the bullet inside the barrel or in the air um, as it travels to the target. And those are, those are not something we're going to cover at all today. Um, but what, what, how do you think a bullet, you know, does damage? Like it, hit, it hits a body. How does it, how does the person hit by the bullet stop fighting or stop trying to hurt you? Why do you think well, they stop? Uh, I would think penetration is a big part of it, how far it gets into somebody. Yeah. So, like, if it's a twenty-two, you know, and it, I guess, depending on where you're hit, of course, um, probably is not going to go as deep as a, or obviously it's not going to go as deep as a, a five-five-six. You you would be wrong. About that. So I said, obviously, and I just uh, got egg on my face. Yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's different um, things that act on the bullet, um, but twenty-two long rifle actually penetrates pretty well. Um, okay, it doesn't expand at all. Um, in most cases, um, it doesn't. Uh, if it did expand, it wouldn't penetrate very deeply at all. But, but since most of the time. They don't expand. Um, they actually penetrate deeply enough so the, to do what they need to do. So the expansion, well, I guess so. Yeah, I guess with a twenty-two, that would make sense since the point of impact, uh, or the amount of, um, I guess, force per square inch of a twenty-two is. Um, would be just as high or higher because it's such a small bullet. Yeah, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I'm, again, I'm not an expert. I think it's just, it has velocity and mass. Um, okay, no, I think you're partially right. So yeah, there's not a lot of drag. Drag is the word we should be probably thinking about here. Once the 22 hits the body, it's not expanding. It's not really doing much of anything to cause a lot of drag and it's not going fast enough to, to cause a lot of drag. So it just kind of pushes its way 
through the body and and penetrates pretty deeply. Okay. So expansion is probably more, uh, or what I'm guessing off what you're saying, expansion might be more uh, the reason or more applicable to, hold on, I'm still not saying what I'm thinking right. Uh, expansion, expansion would be more damage. What, yeah. What's that? Yeah. So a, so more stopping power is based on expansion. Yeah. So the bullet expands like if, so if you take like a, a nine millimeter bullet, the caliber is 0.35. So about a 35 caliber. Um, that bullet, when it expands a good nine millimeter hollow point can expand to about 0.54 caliber. So it's not quite doubled, but almost doubled in, uh, in diameter. Okay. So that's so that's one way. I guess I, I I originally asked you the question like how how does someone stop trying to hurt you or kill you when they get shot with a bullet? Like right. And my and my guess was penetration, but it's is it more expansion? It's so it's it's a combination of things. So let's let's talk about that. Okay. There's two ways you could you could stop someone with a bullet that's trying to kill you. One would be a hit to the central nervous system. This could be the brain. This could be the spinal cord. Those two things are the major, the only things that that's going to cause a central nervous system stop. And that is basically penetration, right? You need a bullet that's going to penetrate either the skull or all your, your bones and tissue to get to the spine, the spinal column and destroy that and make someone stop trying to kill you. Okay. Um, so that to me, that doesn't seem super likely that you're going to be able to aim well enough to put a bullet in someone that's going to hit, you know, the back of their spine or the, the front of their spine, I guess on the inside. <laughs> so unless, unless you're aiming for the head, a central nervous system stop is, I don't think it's very likely. Um, so what's, okay. what's the other way? The other way is is blood loss. Um, so you need to hit either a major organ, like the heart, um, lungs, um, maybe liver, like one of these one of these big major organs that have a ton of blood, and cause enough blood loss that the person can no longer fight. So, what's going to cause that blood loss? Um, part of it is the size of the projectile, right? So when that bullet expands, it can crush more tissue as it moves through the body. Um, and then the second thing is, is kind of a complicated topic, but um, it's the temporary stretch cavity caused by that bullet moving through the body. Have you heard that term before, the temporary stretch cavity? I have not. Okay. So, again, it's kind of complicated, a little bit difficult to understand, but when a bullet enters the body at a certain velocity, it's going to cause, think about dropping a rock into a pond. You, you get the ripples outward, right? Yes. If you throw that rock into the pond faster, you get bigger ripples, more splash. So, 
at a certain velocity, I think it's about 2,000 feet per second, the bullet enters the body. Um, and then at some point along that track, which is the, the permanent wound channel, at some point along that track, it's going to cause a ripple through the tissue. And it's going to cause blood vessels to burst and tissue to tear because it's being stretched beyond the elastic limit, the limit that it can, it can be stretched without, um, without returning back to normal. Okay. Again, I'm not, I'm probably not very good at, at, at explaining this. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, I think so. Especially with, you know, when you talk about a rock being thrown into uh, the water, that, that makes sense. Even if you use a, a smaller rock, but you throw it harder than a big rock, there's going to be more ripples, more, uh, yeah, more splash overall. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about elasticity of, of, of tissue and, and flesh. Um, take your finger and kind of push it into your skin, maybe like your pec muscle or, or some type of muscle in your body. Um, it's rock solid. Is it? <laughs> is there Just any stretch at all with your rock hard muscles? You think? Zero stretch. Okay, you're not a good example. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah, there's a yeah. Obviously, you know, especially if I'm not uh, flexing here. So your your muscles and your tissue, they've got a certain amount of stretch, a certain amount of elasticity. So, if a bullet passes next to, think about. Let's go. Let's back up a little bit. Think about an ice pick. If you stab someone with an ice pick, you're going to cause. Let's say the ice pick is. Uh, 0.22 inches in diameter, like a, a 22 or a, a 5.56, you stab someone with that ice pick. You pull it out. There's going to be a, a hole in that person that is roughly 0.22 inches thick, right? Right. Is there going to be any real damage outside that channel? Um, probably not. No, not really. Not not at the velocity that you're... you're um, stabbing right you're not stabbing with super high velocity are you are you right probably not so we call that the permanent wound cavity or permanent wound channel now once a bullet is going super fast like i think it's around 2000 feet per second there's going to be a temporary stretch cavity that's the force of the bullet pushing the tissue away from it um, in all directions. So that, that tissue is going to stretch out. And if, if the bullet's going slower, it's going to stretch out and it's just going to return back to its normal state. Right. Right. Um, if the bullet's going super fast, like a rifle bullet, then it's going to stretch out and tear and rip little blood capillaries and, and stuff like that. Um, I say stuff like that way too much on this podcast. Um, <laughs> it's going to tear muscle tissue, um, organ tissue, capillaries, blood vessels. Um, so that ripple effect basically is so violent that it's, yeah, it's just all your cells or whatever is in that range, whether it's, yeah, muscle, fat, organs, 
uh, it's just going to be affected because of that. Yeah. How how fast that ripple's going through that area. Yes, and the bullet doesn't actually have to touch everything it destroys. It can it can right. destroy a larger um, amount of tissue than just what it touches. Okay, on top of that, we've got some other effects that happen at high velocity. Um, in the a five five six caliber or two two three, same same difference pretty much. That bullet, um, in lots of cases, not in every case, it's going to start coming apart. So, little pieces of the copper jacket, uh, little pieces of lead, are going to start kind of flaking off or shooting off to the side, and all those little pieces are creating their own wound channels. And okay. those little pieces might be traveling a few inches in any direction around. So that's even more damage. Um, then there's something called yaw, yaw um, which can happen when a pointed bullet is spinning and it starts to widen its um, spin pattern. Like you You've played football. You've thrown a football. You can throw a, a perfect spiral. Yeah, I don't know about that. But yeah, I think... Um, but yeah, so it's when it's a perfect spiral, there's no yaw, correct? Yes, exactly. Exactly. And then if, if the that football starts to wobble, you know, in midair, that's called yaw. Okay. So when it's like a Peyton Manning throw from late in his career, there was a lot of yaw. Okay, burn. But it was... a. <laughs> Some would call it a wounded duck. A wounded duck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, anyway, that's that's quite the visual image. So yeah, the a, a pointed bullet at a high velocity can can yaw start start to yaw after um, after it moves through tissue some distance. Yeah. So that that yaw is going to cause more damage damage as well. Yeah. That makes sense. So all the all that stuff is going to happen with a rifle bullet, and it's not really going to happen with a pistol bullet. With a pistol bullet, you need to have penetration and expansion. Those are the the two kind of ways that tissue is, is going to be damaged. Um, and expansion really only happens if it, if it's going a certain velocity as well. That's why twenty two doesn't really expand. Okay, so with with a nine millimeter, for example, uh, why is it going so much slower than a, a rifle caliber? Because the case is smaller and there's not as much powder inside. Okay. Yeah, basically. Well, and is part of it the, I mean, the the barrel of a rifle's so much longer? Is that well? That's probably not a main part of it, but it's a little bit. It's a, it's a small part of it. If you if you shot a nine millimeter through a longer barrel, like if you had a nine millimeter carbine, you would you would gain some velocity, but not enough to reach the threshold of about two thousand feet per second. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is science class brought to you by Survivor Brothers. <laughs> please don't say science because I I I'm not I'm I'm talking in generalities and um, the detail the specific details I'm talking about may not be. 100% correct. I don't. I know. I'm just. Uh, there's a lot of uh, critical, or uh, that's not the right word either. Uh, high level, some higher level thoughts, I guess, that uh, normally would not be 
I normally don't think about. Right. And I know what I'm talking about. It's just the language, the terminology may not be perfect and, and I'm not an expert. So you're making sense to me so far. Yeah. So those, those are the reasons why, you know, a rifle bullet is so much more effective um, than a pistol bullet at, at stopping people who are trying to harm you. Um, but then there's, there's the other consideration that we have to talk about, which is um, over-penetration and penetrating through like walls and things like that, which is something you don't want, right? Right. Right. So that the rifle bullet is also less likely to over-penetrate in the body because it's such a violent... Um, such a violent action that takes place when it starts to break apart or yaw um, that it usually doesn't have enough energy to do much damage if it comes out the other side of a, a body. Okay. Um, also, the bullet's a lot lighter. So penetration is usually um, usually happens with heavier bullets. So heavy, heavier bullets are almost always going to penetrate further than lighter bullets. Um, so like your your re- regular uh, five five six bullet, like the most common one is is fifty five grain and sixty two grain, whereas like a nine millimeter bullet is like the average is like one hundred and twenty four grain. Okay. So you're if that if that bullet doesn't expand and slow down, it's gonna gonna keep penetrating for quite a while. Um, so a lot. Yeah, of- I need. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, you don't want it going through a wall or going, you know, into not where it's intended, you know, if you miss your target. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of factors that I, I don't necessarily know the whole answer to. Like, like, for example, sometimes that hollow point doesn't expand at all because it gets filled up with something like, you know, drywall or clothing or, or something like that, and that makes it penetrate even more than it would if it expanded. Um, but the general the general principle, I think, is that a lighter bullet is safer from over-penetration because it loses more of its energy the first thing it hits. Yeah, makes sense. So I, I think, in general, if there was someone on the other side of a wall, like in if you're in an apartment or if you had kids in another room, um, those people are going to be safer from a lightweight a rifle caliber bullet like 5.56 than a heavier nine millimeter or, or something like a, you know, shotgun rounds. So, um, that's kind of a little, little ballistics discussion. I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting to cover some stuff. Is there anything, any questions? My only my only question is now would now be to compare it to like a shotgun for home defense. And not, you know, I don't want to get into a huge discussion on it, but uh, what, uh, I guess, how would you compare um, or how would you respond to somebody who would rather use a shotgun? Yeah. For home defense. Okay. So a shotgun as is, is an interesting case because you can use so many different um, loads. So with a slug, slug is a big heavy one ounce peak chunk of lead 
and that thing is going to penetrate a really long time. Um, it's heavy, it's slow, it's just going to keep on pushing through whatever it hits. Now you use something like double lot buckshot. Those are nine, eight or nine, 33 caliber balls. So um, those do penetrate pretty well from what I know. I Again, I could be off a little bit. But from what I've heard, if, you, if you're using a shotgun for home defense, you want to use number one buck, which has smaller, smaller um, pellets or balls okay. um, and more of them. So maybe instead of having eight or nine, you've got like 12 or 15 smaller pellets. Okay. And that energy will just be dispersed. Anything that doesn't hit the target you're intending is uh, probably going to have a little less energy behind it because... There were more, there's more shot. Yeah, yeah. And I think at home de- defense distances, they, they don't spread out a whole lot. They, you, you're, you're very likely to hit um, all of your pellets on your target. Okay, that makes sense too, yeah. Yeah, so like, and then some people say you should use birdshot, which is very, very tiny pellets. But those just don't penetrate enough in most cases. They're, I mean, they'll penetrate the skin maybe an inch or two, something like that. Um, so a birdshot is not recommended. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know too. All right, um, well, I don't think I have... Oh, go ahead. So I, I guess the main the main thrust of this, this is uh, that if you're looking for a home defense weapon my opinion, the best thing to get is a an auto, a semi-automatic rifle like an AR-15 in a lightweight caliber like a 5.56 millimeter. Okay. That uh, sounds good to me. And again, there are other considerations. Um, just, you know, your comfort with a weapon. Some people are just more comfortable with a, a handgun, but I think with training, you could be comfortable with a rifle as well. Yeah, a tomahawk was going to be my first choice, but I think I'd, I'll go with the AR-15. Tomahawk gets you just, like, cool points, though. I mean, somebody right. breaks in your house and you, you take them out with a tomahawk? Well, cool points are my second consideration. After when, survival? Uh, after survival, yeah. Okay. So if it's, uh, you know, maybe on a weighted scale, uh, nice, cool, depending on how cool the tomahawk is, uh, might... Uh, edge edge out the air 15 if i really had a cool one but we'll see we're gonna do an episode on tomahawks i like i like tomahawks i'm gonna talk about why they're they're good for survival we've uh they're fun to throw they're fun to just kind of swing around yeah yeah all right well we appreciate everyone listening do you uh you have a prepper product this week i do um Prepper product for this week is from a company called Exotac that I've talked about before. They make a lot of stuff for for building fire, like out in the wilderness. And this is just kind of a cool product that you can kind of stash in different places. It's called the Tinder Zip. And it's like a a zipper pull, like something you would have on your jacket or backpack to pull open the zipper. And, you know, replace that zipper with um, this little... It's like a, it's, it looks like a piece of paracord with a little handle on it, but inside is um, a really flammable tinder. 
So you cut it open and then you got the little fibers and you spread them out and start them on fire and they burn for a little while. Oh, that's awesome. Could you put it on like a key ring or something like that too? I do that actually. Yeah, I have a I have one on my key ring. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I always have some something to get it started. Yeah, I think I always I always carry, you know, at least two kinds of tinder on me because I, I wrap my my lighter with um a ranger band or basically like a rubber inner tube, which can be burned as well. Cool. Well, uh, I'm excited to go, uh, once I live closer, uh, go hiking and maybe we can do some video content or something and, uh, do some camping and have fun, do fun stuff like that. Once I've, uh, once I'm around mountains again. For sure. For sure. I'm looking forward to it. Well, before I do the Liberty quote and let everyone go, I want to remind everyone to check us out on Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com forward slash Survival Brothers Podcast. Um, last week, we had Chad on and we talked about password um, stuff, like how to, to keep your password secure. So I I put down um, Chad's like method for making a password and I put that on the Patreon. So there's there's lots of content on our Patreon that you, you won't get from the podcast. It's just a little extra to say thank you for your support. And um, if you could help us out with $3 a month, it would be really appreciated. Absolutely. And we also appreciate you uh, liking, subscribing. And if you're on listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could leave us a review, we appreciate the reviews that we've gotten. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Well, Liberty quote first. Oh, yeah. All right, I almost, uh, almost skipped past it. Go ahead. So the Liberty quote this week is from Soren Kierkegaard. People demand freedom of speech as compensation for the freedom of thought, which they seldom use. That's a, uh, a burn from, uh, from a long time ago, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, got him. <laughs> All right. All right, everyone. Um, Thanks for listening. All right. See you next week. Take nothing for granted.